Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 77. Yes, indeed. Episode yeah. 77. What do we got tonight, Dan? Tonight, we got, well, first of all, we have me back. <laughs> you're you're welcome everybody i don't have you have you told them yet them no. coming back full time no <laughs> i think i just did <laughs> yeah yeah full full i'll put air bunnies around full time because if if i can't get to work then you should absolutely grab or if i can't get out of work you should absolutely grab somebody else and just get an episode out but yeah i just miss this too much because <laughs> i can't i can talk green lantern with most people but most people don't have like the level of background in it that you do, so the conversation can't go quite as deep as I want it to sometimes. So this this is a good this is a good release. I would have to start like knocking over liquor stores or something. <laughs> knocking over comic book stores just just to get your fix. I'll be one of those guys that dresses up like Spider Man and robs the place. <laughs> You'll be one of those guys that dresses up like Spider Man and climbs a, a building. Uh, if it's warm out, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I could get away with it, I might too. Yeah, I mean, if it's your own house, then you know, I don't think there's anything really wrong with that. No, I mean, you really only get publicity if it's like a a building over three stories tall. Yeah, well, but, I mean, start with your house because that's small. It's right there. You don't have to get permission from anybody. You know. Yeah, but I mean, how many people have a house that? Like, you can use suction cups on to scale. That's true. It kind of falls apart there. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, so what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of like talking about climbing up houses. Is, let's go. I feel like buying a grappling hook. <laughs> um, all right, so... <laughs> you don't have one yet? No. Oh, I thought everybody did. I actually almost bought one one time, like, five years ago. <laughs> there was this store in the mall that just had all these swords and stuff and just all these supplies you would never need for anything and there's a grappling hook in there mm. it was next to a metal plated glove like the entire thing was just like plates of metal anyway we're gonna be talking about green lantern 56 through 59 we would be doing 60 and 61 which if you're listening to this you probably read already but Thanks to the holidays, UPS is getting me my my uh, December books tomorrow. <laughs> so we're just gonna go up through fifty nine. But uh, I mean, as it is, like we're we're currently what six months behind on Green Lantern. So it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be nice to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get this let's get this up to date. Now, before I get started, I do have a very important question for you. All right. How much was the grappling hook? You know, I don't know. I feel like if I went back at the right time, I could have gotten it dirt cheap. Because that store's not there anymore, so they either had to just cut their losses or just sell out everything wholesale. I mean, like, are we talking, like, less than $15? No, more than $15. If it was less than $15, then that's a blatant impulse purchase. I mean, come on. <laughs> How much were those flashlights? Oh, Jesus. Did you ever air that? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, I'll ask Chad next time I was gonna... <laughs> actually I think we lost that that, that was lost in the uh, the crash oh that's a shame <laughs> <laughs> we just argued we just argued for like 20 minutes about well, whether it was like 40 minutes worth of arguing about impulse buying <laughs> uh, awesome <laughs> what gets left on the cutting room floor 
God. Okay. So you're going to talk about Hector Hammond for a little while? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, issue 56 of Green Lantern. This is back when they uh, they still had that Brightest Day banner going across the top. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. Starts out with uh, Hector Hammond in his, uh, his prison cell at uh, the Bell Reef Prison. And, uh, you know, he's dreaming about, you know, wishing that he was Hal Jordan. And uh, he, gets a, he gets a phone call in his head from the hooded, you know, the whole hooded figure character who basically says, you know, I'm going to help you get free because uh, we both have similar goals. Okay, Hector Hammond is going to get free. Then we switch over to North Branch, Minnesota, where Hal Jordan is talking with a police officer about, uh, or a parks official or something like that, <laughs> about Larfleas taking residence in this, this forest uh, and stealing lots and lots of stuff on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, Hal confronts him and, you know, is basically telling him, like, no, you can't do this. And just then they're visited by Hector Hammond, who has come for the Orange Lantern. Now, one of the other things that Hal had come for was to find out how Larflees imprisoned his entity in the power battery because they, he figures that they're going to have to do that pretty soon with this hooded guardian trying to go around and collect these, guard, these uh, entities. So uh, while he's trying to figure that information out, Hector Hammond is trying to take the battery for himself. Then we flash over to Nanda Parbat where St. Walker is uh, saying a few words over... The question. Yeah, the question. Charlie. You know, when he, when he says Charles Victor Cezaz of Earth, it, it, it doesn't sound right. It's like, wait a second, Charles? No. Yeah. Yeah. So the original question, who came back for Blackest Night and that whole thing, um, and he inspires hope with uh, Rene Montoya. And uh, he says, uh, don't worry, there's a lot to be hopeful for because Adara is here on Earth. And that's, that's all we get with that. And then we you know, click back to Hector Hammond trying to get the, you know, the entity out of the battery. But Larfley has made sure that it, you know, the, the entity would not be able to take an, be taken out of the battery. So Hector Hammond just swallows the battery whole. And uh, we get a, a quick visual on a bunch of other entities that are right there on Earth. Um, just before we get to see Hector Hammond as, you know, he's taken by the, the entity of Greed Ophidian. So you finally got your orange lantern, Hector Hammond. Are you happy? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I mean, they, they, like, they telegraphed that. Everybody had to realize that this was coming. I'm still pink. I don't know. <laughs> that last shot does look really cool. He looks so creepy. He's like, he's like a really evil toddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It is very bizarre. You gloss over the best part of the issue, which is just Larflees writing a letter to Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Did. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, he does. He mentions that uh, Sade, his uh, his reluctant guardian, is off somewhere doing something. Like I don't know if that's come up in the month of December or not, but I thought that was kind of interesting that she's not around. Yeah. Yeah, and like you know what? 
what would Larflees possibly, you know, be having his guardian do? Like, what kind of an errand would he make her go on? Yeah. Uh, what, what you call it? One thing that, you know, even before that, that I was picking up on was <clears throat> the, the hooded figure. You know, this mysterious hooded character. Mm. His goal is to change how the universe feels. Hmm. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's really important, but I have no idea what it means. Yeah. Well, if these entities were the initial spark for all emotion, then I don't know. I mean, what what could you do if you had all put all of them in one box and shook it up? I mean, like, yeah, like really, like, is he going to create new emotions, new emotional entities? Maybe he'll enter our contest. <laughs> <laughs> now, the contest is closed. I know. We should really do something with that. <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, well, the uh, the police officer is asking Hal to look out for uh, his pink flamingo. Yeah, I enjoyed following that flamingo through this issue. <laughs> <laughs> you see uh, uh, Glomulus holding on to that. Yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of caressing it in the foreground, and then it just... Oh, I guess this next issue that like flies through the air and lands back with the guy. You just you just spoiled what's gonna happen to the. Fl- I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you think the the question scene was a little odd or out of place? I mean, it gave me an ominous feeling about the Blue Lanterns, but I don't. I think I guess I I won't say it was needed, but it made sense to have it because up till now, everything Saint Walker has been doing since. Blackest Night ended was going from grave to grave, kind of, kind of, I guess, consecrated the ground, mm-hmm. kind of trying to undo all of the uh, defilements of the Black Lanterns, just saying a prayer for everybody. And and uh, Charlie here was the final one, so it wraps that up, so he can move on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I, I guess it sets up the you know the fact that okay, Adara is going to be you know featured very soon but i don't know yeah and then we got the the scene with larflees and his family or you know being taken from his family or something like that yeah looks like he's on a prison ship yeah it does he's, he's blatantly in a cell in one of those oh shoot when he's being taken when larflees is being taken from his well i'm presuming that it, it's Larfley's being taken from his, his parents. Yes. Look at the emblem on the guy's sleeve that's taking him. What does that look like? That looks to me like a lantern. I guess kind of. Maybe. Looks kind of like a tree. <laughs> a tree. Or mushroom. or. I mean, like, I think it, it looks more like Alan Scott's lantern, but I think it looks kind of like a lantern. Looks more like our, our logo than it looks like a lantern. <laughs> 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 that would be awesome. It's like we only abducted him and made him start editing our show. <laughs> and they developed this this accent, and no one ever knew. <laughs> we call him James. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, Larflees might not be his name, so it could be James. Can you imagine if it was James? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was glad to see Glomulus get so much FaceTime in this. But, you know, and it was kind of cool seeing Hal just blow up Bloom by just filling his face with so much candy exploded. Yeah. But, yeah, it was okay. You know, 
the one you know the the one thing and like you know I I mention this every single time the scene with the giant pile of trash yes with like the car on the pole <clears throat> yes i mean like okay on the one hand i think it's awesome that Doug Monkey uh which we never said the creative team but it's Jeff Johns writing Doug Monkey drawing um some other people doing other stuff oh <laughs> um he you know he draws everything out that you can see it you know very nicely but there's not like any easter eggs or anything in there i see an easter egg actually <laughs> no an actual easter egg it's like down by the mannequin hand <laughs> oh god that is pretty funny actually yeah <laughs> well that 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 is clever i that is definitely clever but no i know what you mean yeah because, I mean, like, if Larflees is just stealing anything, like, he'll, he'll, he's stealing everything. So, like, you know, it's so easy to justify, like, you know, anything that somebody's going to recognize. Like, one of these should be, like, the Tumblr from the Batman movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Back to the Future DeLorean. The original Iron Man armor. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Oh, what did you think of the issue overall? Overall, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, like it, I think it was good. Um, it's just that first off, it went very fast, and second of all, I feel like I feel like it may have been a little bit of. Uh, I think this was a little padded. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I think they 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 saw how. Everybody wants Larflees, Larflees, Larflees. So they figure, okay, well, let's just give everybody a you know issue of him and Hal talking or whatever, and you know a little bit of fighting in the end, and everybody should just eat that up. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it, it wasn't a bad issue, I guess. It was, it was just, I, it, and it was better the second time through. That's a, that's something that's true for me for all four of these today. Like the second, I read them when they came out, mm-hmm. and with one notable exception, didn't really care for them in any way. But then today I read them all together and I liked them all more, which, you know, something I've been saying about Jeff Johns is that at least with his Green Lantern work, it never feels like it's written for the trade. You know, it's every one of his issues always seems to have like a clear beginning, middle and end, even if it's in the middle of a story arc. And he always leans heavily on like the cliffhanger to keep you back next month kind of thing so so reading his arcs in a chunk usually feels a little awkward because that's that's not how he writes them to be read but this one like this is one of the first times i've gotten a better experience out of reading them together in one sitting than i did individually yeah i, I don't know i mean i i, I guess so i guess so mm. I'm, I'm just gonna stick with my idea that you know, like it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't outstanding, but it was good. Next, next, Green Lantern Fifty Seven. Yes, by all the same people. <laughs> Jeff. Well, that's, who, who actually? Who? Who actually did this? Who? Where's the page that has the title thingy? Do they have one? <laughs> yes. There it is. All right. Jeff Johns writer, Doug Monkey pencils, Chris. Um, yeah, Christian Alme. Oh God, they have a bunch of anchors. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting four people, not a legion. 
<laughs> but anyway, this they should all feel very good about themselves because this is this was the standout of the bunch for me. This is my favorite issue of the bunch here. So we pick up right where the last one left off with, you know, the possessed Hector Hammond just owning everybody in a I guess different ways that applies, but he's really pissed at Larflees for for being the only person in all the universe that was more greedy than the greed entity, which is, I don't know how that quite works, but okay, you know. <laughs> um, Hal kind of talks Hector's consciousness back to the surface, and Hector just blows up the forest and flies off screaming that he wants to find Carol. <laughs> we get that awesome revelation of the pink flamingo. <laughs> and then Hal and Larflees go to Ve- go to Vegas to visit Jason. Back on Xamaron, you know, they they rebuilt the central battery, their violet battery, but it's not doing too well because their the whole system they had set up, it relied on the Hawks skeletons being in there. So with them not in there anymore, you know, their queen Agapo, I think her name, yeah, Queen Agapo, she's been going and just feeding her immortality, her life force, her energy into the battery so that all of those violet rings all over the universe don't just blink out and kill everyone Emerald Twilight style. Okay. Uh, they're like, okay, we need to find the Predator because it's a big honking source of our power energy. So, And she's like, look, it's okay. Carol's already looking for it. And we flash to Vegas where, you know, Carol Ferris, you know, she gets an update from, from Zamoron that, look, the Predator's nearby. You have to catch it, blah, blah, blah. Gotta catch them all. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> and by the way, you're probably going to run out of power at some point very soon because, you know, I'm old now and it's it's a, it's a bad time. So, and then we immediately cut to the Predator taking a host in the form of this voyeuristic stalker who's stalking this wait. Uh, is she a waitress? Yeah, she's a waitress. She works in a casino, so I guess she's a waitress or something. And he's like his house is covered with pictures of her. It, it, it's it's creepy. And then this giant dinosaur shows up and jumps inside his face. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know is that's that's you know you got a bad case of the Mondays when a giant dinosaur just shows up in your home and jumps inside your face. Typical. I know, right? And you know what's what's this thing gonna do? Well, he's it's going to make him do something about his obsession over this waitress. So. What the hell is his... What is his name? Uh, Point. What? <laughs> Isn't it like, I don't know, Mike, Michael Point or something like that? I don't yeah, think Abraham. so. Abraham. Abraham Point. Okay. So, so Abraham, now possessed by the entity, just zaps himself into the casino where this girl works, but already waiting for him there are you know, Larflees and Carol. <laughs> Larflees is just, he's just having a great time. He sees a buffet and, and <laughs> I swear, we have to make this catch on. He, his reaction to seeing the buffet is to yell, great glomulus. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. <laughs> but, but then everything starts exploding. Did <laughs> that catch on? No. Okay. No. <laughs> so the predator shows up, blows up the, the whole deal Hal shows up, so that's okay. And they try kind of really unsuccessfully to, to end this this confrontation. And, and we got another another hint here of uh, Larflees' origin as the Predator literally... I Does he jam his 
fist into Larflees's chest and grab his heart? Because <laughs> I can't tell if that's blood. Yeah, I mean, Larflees is still alive afterwards, so I mean, maybe he's doing some kind of like thing where he reaches into Larflees's heart chest cavity. Uh, eh, whatever. Anyway, so fighting, fighting, fighting. Carol steps up. Carol steps up and says, "All right, you know what? S- stop it. Just everybody, stop it. I got this." And she walks. She basically walks right up to the predator. Just, I won't say talks him down, but she knows exactly what's what she's doing. What she has to say to end this conflict. She breaks the uh, what? What? The, she breaks Abraham's connection to the predator by like by like kind of emotionally. I want to say emotionally severing, just out of habit, (laughs) by emotionally severing his, I guess, infatuation to this girl. And that just sucks the Predator out. And then all of a sudden, they're just transported back to Zamoron, where the Zamorons are like, all right, good, you did great. Now shove that thing in the battery. (laughs) And Carol's like, no, don't be stupid, because every other power battery in the universe doesn't need an entity in it. We don't either. We just have to, you know do it better yeah <laughs> and and hal saying no look you can't do this you can't you can't carol just kind of smacks him verbally and just just in the middle of all this the queen dies and appoints carol her, her successor well well she dies igniting you know the battery with her belief yeah there's that too and larflees wants to be the queen yes this issue rocked this was a great issue this really was. This was the first time in this run of this series that Carol Ferris has come off as a good, competent person. Yeah, and somebody who it makes sense would be a candidate for love. Yeah, and it, and she's like, like she knows exactly what she's talking about. She knows exactly how to quell this situation relatively quickly it doesn't feel like a forced plot point to have her be the one to do it and it's and she basically just puts she puts everyone in their place here she the predator hal the zamorons mm-hmm. ever it's it just works yeah yeah no i like one one of the the coolest things that i'm like picking up on is like the how the the entities like choose their you know their host and like the way that the predator is attracted he's attracted to the absence of love yeah you know like this this guy was like completely devoid of the emotion of love like he he didn't even know what it was and because of that like that made him a candidate for the predator and that also changed the predator it it dictated how the predator behaved because like even hal says in here look these enemies they're bad news Look at how Parallax does things. Look at how Ophidian corrupts people. It, it's, it's been... And Carol's like, well, no, look at Ion. Look, it's, sometimes it's the person, not the entity. Yeah. Now, okay, now going back to the beginning with uh, Ophidian, you know, being being caged by Larflees. Yeah. Okay, so Larflees is nothing but want, and he was able to resist Ophidian's temptation... And that's how he was able to enslave Ophidian. It's it's difficult for me to wrap my head around that, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, okay, we know, you know, from, I guess, this and the next issue, 
that Larfleys Larfleys misses his family like the most. Yeah. So he has like this burning, you know, burning desire to to be with his family, I guess more than anything else. Like maybe that's it. Like maybe you know, as Hal Jordan has his his willpower, you know, like like, you know, almost nobody else or Atrocitus has his like his righteous rage like you know that is enough to actually start the Red Lanterns. You know, maybe it was Larfleeze's desire to be with his family again that was so much that makes him able to <laughs> out desire Ophidian. Well, well, I think it's interesting is how how so many of these guys are getting kind of the same origin. I mean, Hal Jordan, he be he became this near fearless guy because he lost his father in the way he lost his father. Larfleys, you know, he lost his family and he's been trying to fill that void in his life with everything he can get his hands on. Atrocitus lost his fa- lost his family and his people and that void got filled with rage. So it's like, these these characters have more common ground from their starting point. And St. Walker. And St. Walker, yeah, because that whole mountain thing. And I don't think it really... It doesn't apply to Carol, really, I guess. Oh, she might, like, she lost what she could have had with Hal, but, I mean, look at Miri over there, because she lost her, uh, her husband, and that... Look what that did to her, and that made her a magnet for the Violet Ring. But with Carol, like, she... She lost her father, and oh yeah, that's well, true. first off, she lost her mother like really early, but she also lost her father. And the entire time that she was running Ferris Aircraft, it was always like seeking her his her father's approval, like mm-hmm. you know, always being without her father's love. Hector has such little arms. <laughs> Sinestro, yeah, I, I, I guess this is the same couldn't really be said of Sinestro. He did lose his uh. His 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 wife, his daughter. I mean, I suppose that gives insight to you know what could possibly be going on with uh, Indigo One. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like that first panel. Just the just the ex- interplay between Hal and Larfleeze. Yes. <laughs> they just they play off each other kind of good. Like, like the is. <clears throat> I hate that we don't get Hal's human non-hero support or non-powered supporting cast at all period anymore. But I do like how how he plays off Larfleeze here. You know, one of the things that I love about this issue like Zamoran and the Predator like I just I and uh even the Predator when he's taking a host. Like I just love how that looks visually. Yeah, all the crystals and the lighting. Yeah. It's like, you know, like the, you know, the orange of Larfleeze, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And, you know, all, all the rest of them, it, you know, it's nice, but, but the violet, the, I think the violet works best visually. Yeah. I mean, it feels the most alien almost like it, it looks the most otherworldly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like they make you feel like this is a world. Yeah. But yeah, this was. This is really good. This was the this was like I haven't read the December issues, obviously, but this is I think the best issue of this series since Blackest Night ended. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Sweet. I, I'm I'm like really interested in like seeing like how Larflees actually did cage Ophidian. Yeah. He probably lured him in with cheeseburgers. <laughs> There's just like a a row of them leading to the battery. He's like, oh cheeseburger! Oh my god, more cheeseburgers! Oh shit! Now I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> There should be a giant cork in the front of the battery. <laughs> okay, so uh, issue 58, you know, again, same creative team. Well, probably. I don't know. Maybe it has one less anchor or one more anchor. You never know. <laughs> as long as there's several. <laughs> yeah, so we're, uh, we start out on Earth in uh, Montana uh, at a prison, actually. And uh, turns out the butcher was there before and he like basically killed a whole bunch of inmates just uh slaughtering them with his uh the horns on his head we have atrocitus and sinestro they're they're at the scene because they're tracking the butcher and uh just before they fly off to you know keep searching (laughs) atrocitus burns an entire bus actually no three buses yeah he burns three buses (laughs) of convicts because he can see like the you know the rage that's directed at these these convicts you know he realizes that you know that what what has to be done is they you know they all need to be exterminated so uh you know a little bit of fire vomit and uh, they're all dead <laughs> <laughs> then uh flash over to Zamoron and uh Carol's uh, trying to explain to Hal that everything's okay. She's got control of the predator. You know, she's basically gonna do what she what she, you know, thinks that she has to do, and it doesn't really matter what what Hal thinks. Then we click over to Michigan, and uh, there's this girl, Nicole, something or other. Morrison. Yes, Nicole Nicole Morrison. She was kidnapped, and uh, was kidnapped by some creepy child molester dude kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's important that she forgives him for what he does, but, uh, at the same time, she's trying to escape and, uh, smashes the hot soup in his face and, uh, she goes flying up the stairs and now she doesn't, she doesn't make it in time. And as, just as the guy is on her and, you know, it's like, okay, well now you're gonna have to pay. That's when Adara comes in and takes hold of, uh, what's her name? Nicole? Nicole, yes. <laughs> yeah, so now Nicole is the, you know, she's holding the entity Adara. Uh, we go back to Zamoron again, and Larflees is, uh, is there realizing how little power he has without his power battery. And uh, the dude, um, Abraham, who was the, you know, the carrier for the Predator, he uh, he's talking to Larflees. He's like, you know... I remember what I saw when I was, you know, when I had the predator inside me. You you were ripped away from your family, and your name isn't even Larflees. And uh, and Larflees takes major offense to that and starts bashing the guy in. You know, and it's like you'll never, nobody will ever speak my my real name. Um, <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> James, James from Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, Hal, you know, comes in and stops and, you know, they have words and who's crossing a line and, you know, coincidentally, you know, they're talking about, it's like, well, you know, how come you haven't called in your, your fellow Green Lanterns? 
And uh, then we, we click over to Oa, and it just so happens it's got, uh, you got Vaz and Larvox and uh, Salak, and they're all discussing on why they have not heard from Hal Jordan. And uh, Salak suspects, suspects something's up. Click back to Earth, and, uh, you know, you see this, this girl has got Adara in her. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not really sure what's going on there. You know, she, she spreads some hope to Larflees. Uh, his parents are apparently still alive. Um, very, very old, apparently, but still alive. <laughs> um, Hal, Hal has hope inside him. He's just afraid to show it, and uh, then the flash is there. What the hell is wrong with Vaz's face? <laughs> He's supposed to be a bear, not like a kidney bean. <laughs> it looks like his face was punched in. Like, I know he got burned horribly, but we've seen him since then. He's been okay. Maybe he got some plastic surgery. Well, they did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just since we were just to go back to the Sapphire stuff. Mm-hmm. Since that's, that remains my favorite part of this. Yeah. Like, okay, personally, it was great to see just, like, like the slap in the face Carol gave Hal over, like, the whole, you know, when are you coming home? Like, you know what? I'm going to give you the same answer you always gave me when my job is done. And then she just turns her back on him and goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but more than that, like, Zamoron right now is, like, like the most well-fortified planet out there other than Oa. Like, it's got... It's got a personal army of lanterns. It's got its own guardian equivalents. And it's got its own entity that Carol kind of has as a pet. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to mess with this planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would definitely think that uh, if you're going to be stuck anywhere in the universe, Zamoran's probably the, the nicest place to be. Yeah. And, and <laughs> they made the first reference in i don't know how many months to the fact that hal oh yeah by the way has this supposed new love interest that they just kind of forgot about yeah it's like we don't like to talk about that it's like what's her name we don't know we'll call her cowgirl nobody remembers leon perlman shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember okay so so way back in the beginning the the butcher which is the rage entity was like just ma- you know massacring all of those inmates. I like the description of it that it looks like it looks like it was made of burning charcoal. I mean like at this point, you know, it, you know just reading up to that point, like I w- I'm looking at it like the butcher is going to kill or be against those that have rage directed at them, you know, like if you have rage directed at you, then you're a target of the butcher. Perhaps the the butcher is, you know, can be tamed or, you know, harnessed by someone, you know, who who has like like some sort of like like a righteous rage in their hearts, like kind of like uh, Atrocitus. I don't know. Like, it, again, it's just this is me picking up on, you know, how the entities choose their, you know, their uh, their bearers. I mean, Atrocitus even says a couple of pages later it was there looking for a host. And did it? Did these guys say that it only went through the one wing of the prison? 
Well, it says Cell Block 1 was totally destroyed. Death Row was torn open. So I I didn't know if it was fo- it only went towards the place that had all the murderers in it or. But what do you think of Sunet? Like somebody on the forum pointed this out. I remember way back. Uh, what do you think of Atrocis and Sinestro being able to like work together so calmly and easily? You know, it, it wasn't until just now that I'm like looking at it. Like, wait a second. <laughs> like what was it like two is it two years ago now that you know atrocitus had sinestro in a uh like a, a death chair yeah he was executing him <laughs> he, he crucified him literally and like in story that was like three months ago <laughs> well what what was what was the reason for that he wanted revenge against sinestro for what happened in secret origins i think yeah. i mean I, I guess yeah, i guess so yeah. It, yeah. Well. Okay. I guess. I guess he's come to uh, overlook that. Yeah. I mean, if he can work with Hal Jordan, who he's hated for how long? I think he can. He can muster up and enough, uh, whatever, to work with Atrocitus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that is kind of a that, that does kind of take a little bit of a leap to uh, to believe that they can do that. Whatever. I'm just. I. I want to see them interact. I just don't think it should say. So- I don't think it should stay smoothly for very long, but we'll see. <laughs> when uh, Adara shows up and you get that splash page, yeah, that looks really cool, and it's also really freaky. Like it's one of those things where it hits you in the face with being alien again, or it's like like if just look at the face of this bird, <laughs> like the the way the eyes are positioned, it works perfectly well for it looking directly at you. But it also looks perfectly normal as the profile of the side heads. Like, like the eye is in the exact right spot to be everything it needs to be. Yeah. Yes, it's very creepy. It's like, all will be well. Oh, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) All will be well. It's not well. Not well at all. Oh, my God. Again, what the... Now, on the next page, when it says... You know, that's going back to the whole ominous feeling I'm getting from the Blue Lanterns. When it it goes into her, and then the guy who kidnapped her is on the ground. Mm-hmm. It says, it says talking to him, you know, you have ripped faith from others through your evil acts, Winston Woods, that's the guy. But I forgive you, and the whole world will know it. And there's just something, like the whole scene is just engulfed in energy as somebody's screaming, like, did it ki- what did it do to him right then <laughs> uh, well on the very next page it says hope burns bright oh so he like incinerated this guy i think it was like yeah it was burning him with like uh like you know righteous hope fire huh and the, the whole and the whole world will know it like that that's like that had me going oh oh <laughs> What's uh, what what's what's the bird lady gonna do? Yeah, no, it's you, there's definitely a creepiness level. Yeah, and the fact that we don't really get any kind of resolution or hint or inkling of what that's gonna be in the next issue or so, like that was a big letdown to me. I'm like, I wanna, like, I wanna see like, like I don't even know, like I wanna see like like Adara try and like forcefully hopeify or convert or something in the entire earth or something like 
like Saint Walker was offering to do to Renee Montoya, you know? Yeah. Like something cosmic and on a global scale that would be ethically ambiguous. It, it, it very much seems like they're setting her up like, you know, like, you know, because she has Adara in her, she's going to be like the savior of the people. Yeah. What do you think about the fact that she's 14? Like, she's so young, as opposed to, like, everyone else we've ever seen taken as a host has been an adult. Well, I mean, like, on the one hand, that can play into the whole concept of, okay, well, at 14 years old, she's not as cynical as, you know, uh, uh, most adults would be, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think would be very important for Hope. But just in general, like, the circumstances of the entity, like, taking hold of her, like, you know, once again, like, you know, what I picked up on was this girl, Nicole, like, she, okay, so, like, she she was able to forgive her, you know, her um, attacker. But more than that, like, she was one person that, like, this entire, like, city was hoping to find. Ah, that's true. Like, she was, like, this major, like, there was this major concentration of hope directed at one person. You know, almost like, you know, on a religious scale. Hmm. It's like, uh, the, 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 the concept that, you know, some religions, like, you know, all it takes is enough belief for, you know, something from, to go from a myth to a religion. Yeah. Like Scientology. <laughs> that just takes good writers. <laughs> so. Can't believe that still exists. Anyway. Um, Larflees is not his real name. Yeah. Well, no, we know. It's, uh, what's it? <laughs> it's James. I can't remember what we kept saying for his fake name. <laughs> um, all right. Let me ask you this, because I feel like if it's not this way, it's going to be a letdown. Do you think it's going to be a name we've heard before? Or is there going to be a damn good reason why it's not his real name? Well, I mean, I... I okay. I think that Larflees is probably his slave name. And his real name, he doesn't want to say because, like, that's, some, that's like, the last thing that he owns from his family. Hmm. Um, you know, like for, it's almost like for all the greed that he has for everything that takes, the one thing that he really wants is his family. And the only thing that he has, cause you know, he was taken as a slave, you know, very young as a slave, you know, he doesn't have anything from, you know, from his parents to remember them by, except for the name that they gave him. And that's the one thing that he'll never let go. That could be. I mean, something I thought was like maybe changing his name was his way of kind of distancing himself from his past. Because if he was a slave, if he lost his parents, then he might want to just retreat from it all and just start just take up a new identity. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking about was like Larflees and, you know, that other group of, uh, you know, the other group of bandits. Mm. Like they were all on a mission to steal, you know, on like a heist that they had gotten a, a, a tip from that, uh, 
what do you call it? Um, it was it was like Crona's lab. Yeah. On Malthus, and the things that they stole were parallax, the map to the you know the orange battery. I think those were the two biggies, and like a bunch of other treasure and stuff like that. What we don't know is was like like who gave them the tip on that heist hmm. you know like was was the whole thing orchestrated so that larflees would you know end up going on you know that that heist you know for hmm. for whatever reason like for all we know <clears throat> it could be one of the guardians like gave them that tip so that they could end up getting parallax for themselves hmm or did somebody want there to be an orange lantern out there for some reason? Right. Yeah, that's another another thing, you know. Or, or when 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 Larflees gets the orange battery, conceivably Ophidian is not in it. Hmm. So like there had to be, like you know, a whole another storyline about how, you know, Larflees went and you know, t- either tame the orange entity or the orange entity came looking for his battery. <laughs> And Larflees was able to, you know, outwant him because he had the one thing that he would never let anyone take. And maybe that's it. Because, like, like, okay, let's let's assume it was one of the Guardians. Okay, Larflees, you you the Guardians want to to let's say cage all of the entities like they did Parallax, but they're having some trouble with Ophidian because of the nature of how greed interacts with green and all that. So they're like, all right, you know what? Let's fight fire with fire here. Let's find, let's find one person in the universe that might be able to out greed this snake. <laughs> and, and they did like, like they could have even just narrowed it. Like, all right, we're pretty sure this group of bandits is the greediest group of bastards out there. One of them. Let's make them fight to the death over this. And whoever wins is the greediest. Then we'll send him on his way to do the thing, and it'll be great. <laughs> and and then you exploit that greed to keep him locked on Okara, which you you basically have a living weapon of mass destru- destruction in your back pocket in case you ever need him. Yeah, and, and he's not going to go anywhere. Makes sense. I thought it was funny that. Something as seemingly simple as making constructs of a whole mess of people is something he cannot sustain with 74% power. <laughs> like, it makes you wonder, all right, how, how, mu- how many of these things is he trying to make at once? How much raw power does he dump into them? Or, like, it, is that just... Is he just so used to having like the whole the ring turned up to 11 that he just can't sustain this stuff properly well i mean like his his ring is turned up normally to way way more than 11 that's true you know like what was it like 7000% charged yeah that's great <laughs> so you know just by holding the battery you know i mean like i'm sure that he can still maintain like one or two constructs but uh at seventy four percent he ain't gonna do the whole the whole entire core. And we should mention that uh is that in this issue? No, it's not. Never mind. <laughs> we should mention that we have to get to the next issue. Yeah. Oh, did you enjoy seeing your blue lantern Hal again for one panel? That was pretty cool. I did enjoy that actually. 
I like the last issue said next issue Blue Lantern Hal Jordan, <laughs> and then here it is for a second. <laughs> yes, just a tease. All right. Uh, oh wait, wait! Before we go to the next issue, Flash shows up on the last page. Yes, yes, he does. Now, like, what did you think about that as like you know a cliffhanger? It's not a very good one. <laughs> He's like, we we have to have a chat sternly. <laughs> it's like you know we may dun, dun, dun. we have to we may have to end up fighting even though we're friends you know right it, it now reeked very much of the whole you know it's like you know we're going to fight basically because people want to see a fight between green lantern and the flash yeah well i mean i didn't even really expect them to fight like it lo- it looked like he showed up he's like all right look we gotta talk and you're gonna, and then it's it's. I'm like, okay, I I guess that's. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's it's a it's a lousy cliffhanger. Uh, well, anyway, you want to take the next one? I guess. <laughs> this oh Jesus. All right, so yeah, good luck. We start. <laughs> we start off. This is why you changed the order last minute, you son of a bitch. Yes, <laughs> it is actually. We start off with, you know, there's an ambulance, and it, I, no, 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 all right, look, cliff notes, okay, an ambulance crashes, some indigo people show up, force Squishy into this dying medic. A compassionate medic. Yes, oh, so much. Flash and uh, Green Lantern have their their battle which consists of them kind of pacing around on a roof arguing over whether or not green arrows a dick then on a on oa salik salik decides you know what we need to to have somebody go monitor hal jordan we're not gonna have the alpha lanterns do it because they suck so we're gonna get some guy on earth to do it we're not gonna say who because it's gonna be a mystery then all all of a sudden those indigo people yeah, they show up, and you got Squishy inside a guy, and it's the worst design for a character I've seen since Black and White Lantern Batman. <laughs> and we get this revelation that the uh, Indigo Rings are... They're basically... Uh, how, how do I want to say it? Like, personality modifiers, kind of? Like, like, the whole concept is that the rings tapping into the other emotions in the spectrum that we saw in blackest night to use offensively. That's not their primary purpose for that. It's so that the rings can temper your own internal emotions and keep you this compassionate, compliant person. And (laughs) then, you know, these guys, the indigo people don't really get along with the blue people. And then you got like, you know, they're all pointing the rings at each other, and it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Then Parallax shows up, and there's a little hooded guy riding him, and it's like, oh, hey, Parallax is here, yay! But then Parallax jumps into the Flash for some reason, and it looks awful. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. This issue sucked. <laughs> how, how many inkers were on this? Because I want to know if I should be mad at Doug Monkey or not. Let's see. One, two, all right, three. So it's probably just the inkers. I don't know. I mean, I like the selection process for Squishy. Really? This was like the weakest setup for an entity candidate we've ever gotten. No, because it actually, it makes a lot of sense. 
You know, like, you're talking about compassion. And, okay, well, I'll put it to you this way. You're talking about compassion, and what have I always said was, like, the creation of the compassion entity. Ah, some Jesus thing? Yes. Jesus dying on the cross. Yeah. You know, because, like I said, even if you don't buy into the whole religion aspect of it, from a mythological point of view, the idea of one man, you know, even thinking that he could, like, take on everyone's sins in his death is a super compassionate act. Is this coming around to the fact that the ambulance falls on him? Yeah, well, like, this guy is trying to save this guy's life, and, like, as the ambulance falls on him, like, he he's dying, and, like, his dying thoughts are that he wishes that he could, you know, save these other people. Like, he's not even thinking about himself. His last thoughts about are about saving other people. Yeah, but when you look at the whole first page, it's so, like... It's, eh, I mean, the there there's two guys that are wounded in the back of the ambulance, and two EMTs helping them. The one guy goes, you know, hey, let's help this guy. He has insurance, and and the guy who becomes Mister Squishy says, that guy, that guy only has he's he's what is he? He's only got a gunshot wound. This guy's going to die. Mm-hmm. We help him, like like the imp- like right away, this just get left me with the whole like, okay, so all you have to do to be a viable candidate for the compassion entity is be an EMT who happens to not be corrupt. <laughs> like, like okay, all right, like low bar for entry. Why not? Well, no, no, because you know, like, I, well, I think, I think that they definitely should have given this more more page time, like. Like that that was their that was their biggest problem with this one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> get is like you know, the we get the Cliff Notes version basically of this guy who Okay, well, yeah, he's an EMT and he wants to, you know, do the right thing and save the guy that, you know, needs more help. But you know, like, you know, that's that's what a normal well, a normal non corrupt EMT would do. But then when, you know, there's an accident and this guy is, you know, about to die, like, do you think the average person would be like, like, no, I have to save people. It's like, no, it would be like, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm dying. (laughs) I don't get to see my wife and kids anymore. Or, you know, it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen to all my stuff? You know, this guy's last thoughts are that he wishes that he could save more people. And that, you know that i think is what makes him the candidate well when a bus falls on me i'll let you know (laughs) i do think though that they missed an opportunity to make this issue go from meh to awesome because the last the indigo guys show up one of them says knock then next page and the other one says knock all it would have taken is one little (laughs) <laughs> whisper whispery word balloon of him saying who's there <laughs> and it would have been just so much better the the whole thing with between flash and uh green lantern uh mm. that was kind of boring yeah I and mean, here's the thing jeff johns likes writing conversations between hal jordan and barry allen <clears throat> and i'm glad he does because for the most part they're 
good. They feel like the okay, these are two guys that know each other. They have lots of history. They can say stuff to each other that really nobody else can. This one, even though again it was better the second time around, I remember the first time I read this, I felt like they were just kind of talking in circles for page after page after page after page after page. Yeah. I mean, while I'm just waiting to see what the hell is they're going to do with these blue lanterns, I want to know this. Like, forget, stop this. Just show me the blue stuff. <laughs> I want to know what's happening. And they get and they don't do it. And I turn the page. Oh, jeez, it's. You got the Guardians sitting there in tent spikes instead. Like, I don't even know why they have those. Like, I just want to see... I just, just just move along. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Guardians scene, that was, that was odd. Now, are we to believe that the Flash is the character that they sent? No, absolutely not. You're sure? Yes. Because presumably... And I'm just guessing, because I thought they were playing with time or something here, but I don't think they are. Because presumably these two scenes are happening at about the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So Salak is talking about, all right, they're they're talking about sent start like setting up this surveillance or whatever. The Flash came because the heroes are worried that Atrocitus and Sinestro are teaming up to blow up buses full of people. Like that's why he's there. He even said like like you know the other the Justice League is coming too. I just got here first, so I think it's gonna. Like, that's, a, that's another thing that kind of bugged the hell out of me about this. As soon as we see a non-powered member of House human supporting cast show up again for the first time in, like, eight months, oh, hey, by the way, they're going to be the one that the Guardians sent. Or, <laughs> it's uh... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know, because the way I see it is they want somebody on Earth to check in on Hal. And... You know, if they ask Barry Allen, like, they know that Barry Allen is close to Hal, so, you know, that he can get an honest, act, you know, answer out of him. And Barry Allen, like, you know, normally he would be like, you know, oh, there's no way I would do this. But when he's teaming up with people who he just found out that Atrocitus, you know, firebombed three buses, you know, maybe he, maybe he's like, you know what, I am kind of curious as to what's going on with Hal. Maybe I will do this for them. No, Barry will not do that. He's not going to go behind his friend's back like that. I mean, like he could have done that from the beginning. Like he, Barry is fast enough that he could have like checked all this out without anybody even knowing he was there. Yes, it's, but since you know Hal's his friend, he wanted Hal to be able to tell him in his own words what was going on. Like he wanted to give his friend the chance to defend himself. It's not going to be Barry. We'll see. There's no way. We'll see. No way. What did you think about Larfleet stealing the Flash's wallet? That was a moment where I read it and thought, my first reaction was, oh, I was supposed to laugh at that. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's... Meh. Yeah, how would Larfleet's be... Well, first off, where does the Flash keep his wallet? (laughs) Yeah. And second of all, how would Larfleet's be able to take it from the Flash? I mean, it's... Yeah, no. it's like I, it's I, it's clear. Like, it was just supposed. It was just supposed to be for humor and everything, but it didn't work. It was just, it was a bad joke. So you don't like the, uh, the squishy design when he's inhabiting somebody. That is such bullshit. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, let's get a guy, put some tattoos on him, and hey, there's tentacles coming out of his chest and shoulders for some reason. Uh, oh, okay, why not? It's a cre- Well, it's a very creepy design. Oh yeah, it's creepy. It's also like. Uh, 
It's just so ugly. Mm. So goddamn ugly. You know what I just realized? What? Well, the rings, they they act as like a personality <laughs> modifier. Yeah, it, I think you are going to say something I was going to say. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's almost like the ring is wearing the bearer. Mm. Much like the black rings were. Oh, okay, you're going somewhere different then. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the black yeah. ring, you know, went on the corpse, and, you know, the personality is where, it, you know, came from the black ring. Yeah. Yeah, there's similarities there. Well, I thought... And it's I thought, interesting it because they have the black hand now. That's true. Hmm. I thought it was interesting how, until now, I thought it was just a uh, a stylistic choice that they all have those glowing pulsating emblems on their foreheads. But now, <laughs> Oh, it's like a lobotomy or no, like, yeah, I guess kind of cause you know, just cause if it's adjusting like your personality and your emotions and whatever, then it's kind of like, like that's the thing like on your head that's keeping you in line and it's being fed by the ring. And it's like, I think I mean, even in that panel where, where Black Hand's talking to Hal, and you see he's holding up his ring, and it's, like, kind of tethered to the symbol on his forehead while he's talking about how it changed him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why they have, all have it on their heads. Well, what you got, the other thing is, like, you see, like, the, the, the chains and the shackles on Black Hand. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the rest of the Indigo members, like, their costume kind of looks like they have, like, a, like a collar around their necks. Yeah, well, they're totally, like, um, Hal even poses the question, all right, look, if that's what this does to Black Hand, is it doing the same to the rest of you? What were you guys all like? Like, were you murderers and stuff? Murderers and stuff? Yeah. It's like, if, if this is you being compassionate, I'd hate to see you without the rings. Yeah, like, are they, cause I think, uh, Chad, when you hear this, let us know, because I'm pretty sure... At some point, I threw out the idea, like, way back, that maybe the ship... Like, if we're tying this to tigers and whatever, that maybe that ship that crashed was a prison ship or something. It's like, are they all, like, like escaped prisoners or something like that? Yeah, but, I mean, really, like, you have to wonder, like, if they are escaped prisoners, and this ring is basically wearing them... You know, and completely modifying their personalities, then would any of them actually be the ones to create the ring in the first place? Or would it be something completely different? I think the coolest thing in the world would be if all this time, all along, the Indigo tribe has been the has been a core answering to the hooded guardian. Probably won't be, but that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it would make more sense if the like you know i like I, i've been tossing this idea around since forever if mother mercy like was the uh you know the the driving force behind the indigo mm. um make a lot of sense because you know mother mercy is the one that wants to you know she like she has compassion for everything and you know, who better to enforce compassion on the universe but, you know, a bunch of rehabilitated, you know, criminals that have no other purpose in the universe 
you know, she could basically use them as blank slates and, you know, like, you know, spread compassion through them. I think the Mother Mercy connection is definitely where it's going to go. I just don't know if that's where it's been, you know? The thing that, like, the one thing that, that I'm questioning on that connection, the, like, the, the one uh, doubt that I have is as far as, like, we don't actually know how long the Compassion Corps has been around. Yeah. Because we know that Mother Mercy, like, she she only would have done it after she had her run-in with the Green Lantern Corps. And, like, we haven't seen the Indigo until, you know, well after that. So, I mean, like, that could have been the catalyst that set her, you know, on her way to create this core, you know, but if like, if there was anything that ever said that they were around before that, then that kind of takes mother mercy out of the equation or at the very least doesn't make her the originator. I don't know. You know, it's all, hang on. I'm trying to find it. Which was the issue that had, uh, which was the issue that had those little vignettes showing where, Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. In the, in issue, um, 56 where, like, at the end, just before the final splash page, you get those little vignettes showing where the other entities are. Mm-hmm. And the Indigo one has, you know, it's it's just the Indigo tribe, and Indigo one says, Nakleck William Hand. Obviously, like, whatever they're saying, it's the sentence ends with his name, all right? And he says back to her, Nakleck opt Nora. So, I, was, I read that, and I'm like, should we be assuming her name is Nora? At Nora. At Nora. Okay. Just a little piece of information that I thought we should uh, not gloss over. Overall, what did you think of the art in this thing? I like some of it. Like, I, I kind of like the creepy factor from the indigo. Mm. You know, that, that, that part kind of works for me. I know you're not digging the, like, the stylized, you know, the, the styles of the certain things here and there. You know, the choice <laughs> of uh, costume design and whatnot. Mm. But... I mean, like, you know, kind of like similar in the way that I really like the violet. I do. I do like the indigo. The guardians on those giant spikes. That was weird. Like, I don't get that. Like, it it almost looks like the skull of some kind of like giant space creature or something. Yeah, it's like a giant tent spike. It's but it looks like Uh. bone. So it's weird. Yeah. Like, why do they even have those? Yeah. It's like, you know what? Where the, the chair is not good enough or floating around in, in the, you know, just hovering there, not good enough. If I could hover, I would hover all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I, 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 I like the art in this issue. Ugh. I, you know, I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like, well, I definitely didn't like the parallax flash. No, that's, that's reeks of white and black lantern Batman design. Yeah, that's like, hey, let's take the Flash's costume and just stick a parallax emblem on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... When you consider you had Hal Jordan who became Parallax and like his costume, you know, went, you know, underwent like a major change. And now you have Flash becomes Parallax and it's just like, you know, oh, yeah, we'll just change the symbol. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to change a character's costume, change the character's costume. If you just make a like a little tiny alteration and say, oh, there, there we go. No, you haven't changed a damn thing. You slightly tweet. That's like saying, "Oh, we changed his costume by having a different colorist do this issue." Like, like you're paid to be creative, so be creative. 
yeah. come up with it doesn't matter if it's only going to show up for like an issue well, just that, make it stand out that's it like you know that the that's that's uh the biggest reason to do it like because you know this isn't going to be around for very long so i mean like here you have the you know the chance to create like an awesome variation on the flash and you know parallax costumes and you know and basically have no repercussions like whatever you want to do your mind is you know your, your mind is the limit and this is what you come up with plus then you have something new you can merchandise if you really wanted to yes i mean like if they had an awesome like like a bulked up armored flash parallax you know like cool design and everything like that like that would be an awesome figure yeah that was just so dizzle. And I'm I I read this and I'm like the first time even the first time to through, I walked away with it. I walked away from it with two thoughts. First being, okay, this is the second issue in a row where we had a flash cliffhanger that just fell completely flat. <laughs> and secondly, we've gotten to the point where Parallax possessing someone is no longer a viable cliffhanger. Okay? It's just, it's happened enough times. We know, it, like, if, if this was a brand new character, then it might have some repercussions. It might matter. Yeah. But no matter what, the Flash is walking away from this unscathed. So it's, it's not going to be like, oh, my God, the Flash has parallax in him. Holy shit, what's going to happen? This is, oh, now they have to deal with this and get the Flash, get parallax out of the Flash. All right. Well, what's what's irritating is, like, you have all these other characters, all these other people that are being taken as you know, um, hosts for the entities. And like, there's like, you know, really like a great explanation. As far as I'm concerned, a great explanation as to why they're being chosen, you know? And then you have the flash and it's like, you know, parallax is like, yep, up, that's enough. I'll choose you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean the, the whole, I mean, at least even with Nicole, there's at least a little bit of, of like tension or concern because this is an alien being, abducting a teenage girl from her parents who are right there yeah and saint walker seems to be cool with it so it's like all right how are we going to resolve this with this it's like it doesn't even matter how we're going to resolve it because within probably within the very next issue parallax is going to be out of the flash Mm. it doesn't it doesn't matter and the fact that there's a flash ongoing series guarantees that it's not going to matter what they do with this (laughs) yeah yeah but like back on the art (laughs) um I thought that just, and, and it might just be the whole varying inkers thing, because the first scene, I thought looked really good. It, it was, this was the Doug Monkey stuff that I like seeing. This was really good stuff. As soon as they cut away to the rooftop, the it just visually turned to shit. Like it, it was just so everybody was like making weird faces, and they didn't look quite right. And then it, it became good again out of nowhere on that page where. Hal makes that construct of himself as Parallax. And then it just... And then you turn the page and it goes back to being crappy again all the way through to the end. <laughs> where it's just, like, like by the time Hal... Like, like the, the shot of Flash as Parallax is one of, like... It's a pretty well-done piece. It's It's... The content of it is not visually interesting one little bit, but it was well put together. It was well done. It was well made. But it's like, like in the other issues, it didn't really hit me how inconsistently inked, I guess, the 
the whole thing was, but this one it was just like it, you couldn't avoid it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can I kind of agree with the like the the way that the mouths are, you know, drawn through the whole rooftop scene. You do, you do definitely get some some odd facial, you know, facial looks there. And everybody's scratchy and weird looking. And it's like, uh, I never thought my highlight of the episode would be all of the star sapphire stuff. <laughs> oh, I definitely, I could definitely see that happening. All right, are we done with these? Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. What? Let's one more useless thing. Did you read the uh, the exclusive in Air Bunny's movie preview? No, no, I didn't. I did just for the hell of it, because you know you never know. And it was, it was really, it was nothing. There was no point to having it in there. And it's like if if we live, if we didn't live in the internet age, this thing would have had, I'll say, a purpose. <laughs> but all it is this one shot of Hector Hammond in costume and makeup. And, like, a couple paragraphs written by Jeff Johns, if, where he says, you know, they're going to be doing more of these, too. So, hey, look at that. Yeah. It's, and I don't know. It's like, if you, if you haven't looked anything up online about it, maybe this would be cool for you to see. But if you haven't looked anything up online about it, odds are you did that on purpose and you don't want to see it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's uh, take a break and uh, we'll come back with the Larflees report. Hey Lantern Cast family, I'm Chad Bokelman and welcome to the sixth installment of the Larflees Report. Well, since this is the preview soliciting the releases for March, of course they're already teasing us with free comic book day stuff. Now the past couple of years they've thrown out a lot of GL related things for us to be excited about, but free comic book day this year has only one GL related thing. And I think you're all going to be very happy. Hero Clicks for the past two or three years has put out (laughs) a free figure and this time around... It's Green Lantern Hal Jordan in honor of the upcoming Green Lantern movie. Told you you'd be excited. Alright, it's here folks. The War of the Green Lanterns begins. Starting with Green Lantern number 64. The cover brings awesomeness to life with Kilowog fighting Salak, Moro fighting Izamot, and Hal fighting Guy. Green Lantern Corps number 58. John versus Kyle. And apparently they're stuck in the middle of an Autobot war for some reason. Green Lantern Emerald Warriors number 8. Guy is strangling Hal with Construct Chains. Why? No, seriously, what exactly is going to push Hal and Guy to the point where they go all battle royale on each other? I guess we'll find out. Brightest Day, number 21 and 22. Holy shiitake mushrooms, folks. Firestorm the Nuclear Man has gone, well, nuclear. And Brightest Day banner books continue to try and milk comic fans' money away with Justice League Generation Lost, number 21 and 22. And Green Arrow, number 10. Other DC books of interest, however slight. Justice Society of America, number 49. (sighs) How much more damage is DC going to dish out to Alan Scott? I mean, really. Yet another horrifying costume change. And this time around, it looks like he's wearing his power battery like a body cast. Leave the (laughs) man alone. Although Guggenheim and Collins are working on this book, so I guess it could be good. Maybe. The all-new Batman Brave and the Bold number 5, featuring, well, Batman, and hey, it's Guy Gardner. And they're fighting the Manhunters. How on Oa could this fail? Showcase presents Green Lantern, Volume 5 trade paperback, featuring issues 76 through 100. Any guesses which storyline this trade contains? 
Hard Traveling Heroes, and it's only 20 bucks. Brightest Day Series 3 Action Figures. This line features the new Aqualad and the recently resurrected Hawk, Dove, and Jenny Lynn Hayden, a.k.a. Jade. I'm not sure if I'm getting all these figures. Maybe none from this wave, but the Jade's a maybe, and um, it's going to have to be on a visual basis because I don't know if I like the way all these look. But hey, to each his own. Heroes of the DCU Blackest Night Bus. This time we finally get to see Blue Lantern Saint Walker. So awesome. DC is just bound and determined to suck every penny from our bank accounts in 2011, aren't they? Oh, and hey, since they finally solicited the St. Walker bus, it's only fitting that they solicit the blue mini lantern power battery and ring prop. You know, I just realized something. I hate these. The white, green, red, and maybe orange are the only ones that look like they're supposed to. I'm not getting any of these. If you want my money, you gotta be accurate. Green Lantern Honor Guard Ring Prop Replica. Calm down, folks. It's not the one from the movie. It's a silver ring that is only available in size 11. And it's um, kind of ugly. Okay, <laughs> I really shouldn't say that. Rather, it's, it's not my style. But it's only $35. So if you're curious, feel free to check it out. But please do so in the store. Don't waste your money on something you may not want at all. Ah, check this out. Hey, hey Jim. Jim, are you listening? The Red Lantern Power Battery Prop Replica is coming out. Are you getting it? Huh? Huh? Are you? Are you going to spend that much money again? Because if you do, you are aware you're going to have to get the rest. But it's not coming out till August 31st, so you've got plenty of time to think it out. Hey, and they solicited the next two Blackest Night lead figures. This time around, it's Star Sapphire and Parallax. Now, while I'm thoroughly excited about Parallax, I have to tell you folks that this is not the original Parallax, the one from Zero Hour and everything. This is the one from John's Run, the one they showed in GL50 with a twisted face and sharp teeth. Just FYI, but still, it's awesome. Anybody planning on binding Blackest Night? Okay, stop everything. They're coming out with a Blackest Night binder. Yeah, that's right. This binder will hold 20 issues and it's only $15. So you might want to hold off on hunting down a great binding company. Indie Pick, the world's favorite monster, is back in his own comic, and let's hope the pages can't contain him. Need a hint? Here it is. God. That's right, folks. <laughs> it's Godzilla! IDW is bringing back Godzilla in his own ongoing series, Godzilla Monster World. I cannot wait. Marvel pick this time around is... Hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a bunch of comics. Well, like a handful. And one of them was a beat-up copy of Marvel Masterworks reprint of X-Men number one. And the, my two favorite characters from that story were Iceman and Angel. There's going to be an Iceman and Angel one-shot. Well, I'm not sure if it's a one-shot, but there's an Iceman and Angel story coming up for only three bucks. You should totally pick it up. The art looks awesome. All right, here it is. The moment you've been waiting for. My pick of the week. This time around, it has nothing to do with Green Lantern, but it is by Jeff Johns. Ah, see? See what I did there? I'm sick, but I'm still teasing stuff. The Flash Omnibus. That's right. Oh, yes. 448 page, $75 hardcover omnibus. 
they're collecting issues 164 through 176 of The Flash, The Flash Our Worlds at War number one, The Flash Iron Heights, and The Flash Secret Files number three. This is a good sized chunk of Jeff John's first part of his run on The Flash. I've been looking for these issues, these trades, and I'm stopping all looking because on May 18th I will be getting the Jeff John's Flash Omnibus. I cannot wait. That's it for the Larfleys Report this time around. Sorry I was sick. Even when I'm sick, I'm still excited about comics. It's dedication, folks. Catch some. Back to you guys. That Flash Omnibus? Yeah. Yes. I think I'm getting get, I'm getting that. Because I've been looking for... Like, I've been trying to find the trades for that for uh, John's first run on The Flash, and just so much of it just doesn't exist anymore. Like, it's certain ones are out of print and it's just it's just a headache so then now they're just gonna put it all out in order in hardcover like okay (laughs) why not the one thing that i wanted to clarify um was that the binder that chad was talking about the blackest night binder yeah that is actually designed for the lead figures like the blackest night lead figures oh Uh, like a ca- like a carrying case kind of thing. No, no, them, not or? not like not for the actual figures, but each figure comes with a magazine, like um, you know, with information on the character. Hmm. So those magazines will be collected in the binder. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, huh. And to answer Chad's question, yes, of course, I will be getting the Red Lantern. But you made one already. You don't need it. <laughs> no, no, I actually want a good one. Oh, God. How, like, how, what, did he say the price point on that thing? It was it's like, 350 All right, what do you think the DCBS discount is going to be on that? Like, how, how much do you expect to pay for it? Because I know you got the other one, the yellow one, cheap through your comic shop, right? No, actually, um, oh, well, I got the Alan Scott cheap through my comic shop. Oh, that's right. The, that's uh, right. the yellow I actually pre-ordered from DCBS. And that one also was three fifty. Uh, the DCBS price was two hundred and thirty-eight dollars. Okay. So, I mean, like you know, granted, two hundred and thirty-eight dollars is still a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, the batteries, like at the rate that they're coming out, like the yellow battery has not even come out yet. <laughs> you know, it, it's supposed to come out February now. So this thing is, you know, solicited to come out in like I don't know August or something like that. There's almost no way that it's coming out in August. You'll have it for Christmas. <laughs> so, like, realistically, if they come out with, like, one of these batteries a year, then that's that's a fairly manageable collection. Have they said anywhere what order they're doing them in? No. No, they have. Damn. Because I want... Because, look, eventually they're going to have to re-release green, right? And I want to get green. Oh, you now you want green. Did I not want green before? Well, you you didn't get it. This is the first two times they they offered it. I, you know what? I don't think I knew they existed then. <laughs> Actually, I think you did. When? I think no. you knew that they. I think you definitely knew that they existed it the, the second time they came around. When when did they do it the second time? The Justice League props. When was that? This was. Um, Within a year of us starting the podcast. Really? Yes. I don't remember that. Yeah. I very clearly remember you posting on a thread about the release of The Lantern. 
well, anyway, they should do it again. Because, <laughs> like, I look, ideally, like, I definitely want green. And if it was far enough away, I might consider orange. Yeah. But, but like, if it's, like, if they're going to come out back-to-back, like, absolutely not. I would only go for the one. Yeah. I just wish I knew. I wish we would find out with a little more notice than what the very next one was going Don't to be. Stop! You can't eat that! Aww. <laughs> Daisy's trying to eat my microphone. Aww. That's adorable. But, uh, yeah, no, like, <laughs> I, I, I definitely want the orange one. No, I want the orange one. No, I want the orange one. It's mine. It's mine. Get your own. No, don't. That one's mine, too. <laughs> Did anything else stand out to you? Like, I, I think you said on the forum you were getting the Jade figure, right? Um, yeah, for the figures... I think I almost have to get the Jade figure. Have they ever done one of her? I don't think so. And it, 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 yeah, no, no, they've never come out with a Jade figure. And I mean, like, the likeness isn't exactly like what I would expect a Jade figure to look like. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure whose art they're basing it off of. Yeah, if they are. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's, it, it's like just kind of like a generic face painted green, you know, with green lips and green hair. I, th- I think um, Mindy, or Jade Iris on the forum, compared her to looking like a soccer mom face. Yeah, well, she said in one photo it looked like that, but in another photo it, it looked a little bit better. Yeah, like like Chad said, that's going to be one that it's determined like when you see it in the store. You know, I'll, I'll take a look at it and see if, you know, if it's something that I you know, really want. I like the Hawk and Dove figures. I, I like them a lot. I, I really like the way that they look. It's just that I don't necessarily know that i want a hawk and dove figure a hawk is so scrawny though he should be bigger than that i tell you if they came out with a monarch figure i would get that in a heartbeat yeah you and probably no no just you just you (laughs) make me a two-pack if it's gonna be just me buying it give me a two-pack with uh monarch and wave rider you are we getting 2001 you know action figure set Back because no one demanded it. The <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> because God. one person demanded it. God. It's like because Frank and Iowa demanded it. The Mariner. Oh, God. Have you? Uh, I don't even know when these were announced. It might have been today. Have you uh, mentioned yet on air the the one toy that you are excited about? Oh well, no. Yeah, that was that just came out today. So we we obviously did not mention it yet. Awesome. I'm usually behind the curve in toy news, so I had no idea. <laughs> yes, uh, the the movie figures, they're starting to, you know, release images and whatnot. And, uh, well, the first two images that were, were seen were, um, like, a special edition Hal Jordan figure and a, uh, a Tomar Ray action figure. Um, the, the Tomar Ray, you know, was, uh, you know, it's okay looking. But the, the Hal Jordan, I actually really like that Hal Jordan. Huh. Um, and that one is uh, Toys R Us exclusive, limited to 2,814 figures. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as, like, you know, action figures goes, like, that's, that's a very low number. And, like, considering how, like, how big this movie is going to be, and it comes with like a ring that looks pretty much exactly like the, the movie ring. So are you going to go for it? Oh, because yeah. yeah, I've already pre-ordered. 
Oh wow, because people in the thread seem to be like kind of down on this, like like the price point and whatever, and like the design or the the lettering on the stand. Yeah, well, is it perfect? No, but is it the first Green Lantern figure? You know of how of Hal Jordan from the movie. You know, a full couple of months before any of the others come out. Yes, and for that reason, I'll get it. Yeah, but the main event. Main event, yeah. The main event is uh, some. Uh, somebody posted this. Uh, actually, let's see. It was Corwin. It was Corwin, a Rotlop fan action figure. The F sharp bell. Yes, it's getting a figure. It, it, that's so bizarre, but it's so awesome, but it's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, it, it's it's a very weird looking figure, um, and he has a like an actual image of a bell on his chest instead of the, the Green Lantern symbol. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to make out the ring, but it does, it, like, it almost looks like there is, like, a bell coming off of it. Like, the thing that, that I was, you know, saying to Dan was way back when they said that a lot of these figures, if not all of them, are going to be coming with their own Green Lantern ring, you know, because I think the, the promotional line was it's like, you know, now, you know, anybody, anyone can be chosen now. Something like that. So, yeah. like, if the, if they actually, you know, are giving away an F sharp bell with this figure, like, oh my god, like that, like the the whole toy line will be justified in my eyes if if that happens. <laughs> god, this is it's just so like I'm like I'm I'm not a toy collector, right? But with this movie, I'm going to end up getting something, even if it's just one thing out of it, because. Like, it's it's a huge deal for there to actually be Green Lantern merchandise and a Green Lantern movie and whatever. But, like, I always have that kind of trepidation of, like, okay, is this going to be the coolest thing I can find? Or should I wait and see what else they do, kind of thing, you know? It's <laughs> like, I don't want to miss it and have to, like, hunt for the least absurdly marked up one on eBay kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I doubt that a lot of these are, you know, going to be going you know going up in value that the, like the first the toys r us you know early bird figure i think that one has some potential to go up in value you know on top of that obviously like you know like like action figures go it's going to depend on like if any of these figures are short backed but i mean like the concept of of f sharp bell like i can either see him as a figure doing really well because you know, he is different than all the other Green Lanterns. And he comes with a ring completely unlike anybody else. Or doing completely horrible because everybody looks at it and it's like, that one is just too weird. It's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like he look. He looks almost like a villain if you don't know who he is. You know? He looks like a like a mushroom with legs and arms. <laughs> but uh, Gahoo is also... They got images on that up on the other uh, forum also. Yeah, not really feeling that character. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't care one way or another on that one. Seems more like your generic alien, you know. Yeah, not bell shaped or anything. <laughs> I, I'd almost like like a good, like, mini statue or bust or something of the F sharp bell movie design, you know. Only if they do it in like the the same style as the bust from years ago. Where it comes with the ring in the base. Oh God, yeah. 
And, like you can, uh, you sh- it's just like a real bell. You just take it out, and you can like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, one thing's for sure, though, we got, <laughs> we got the F sharp bell getting an action figure and being put into a movie. So, sometime before the year's out, we're gonna get another good Alan Moore rant. <laughs> what? You know Alan Moore, the guy with the beard. He hates. I'm fully aware. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He created this dude right over here. I see, I see, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I give you gold and Jesus. (laughs) And I fall asleep. God, was there anything else from Chad's dealie you wanted to to focus on? Uh, Oh, what did you think of his indie pick? Was that Godzilla? Yes. That was kind of, I don't know if I knew he liked Godzilla. That was kind of out of left field. And I liked, I appreciated the sound effect. Yes, (laughs) yes, the sound effect definitely made it. I, I I will not be picking up Godzilla myself. Me either, probably. I like I have no no real history with Godzilla. Yeah. I don't know if if I if they collect it and it's cheap and I find it like Wild Pig or something, then I might give it a shot. But the the Batman Brave and the Bold comic. Yeah, that's the the giant DC one based on the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Now they're doing another issue where it crosses over with the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, they've had a <clears throat> they've had a number of issues where he's just he's working with Hal or Guy or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think like within the past, I'll say seven months, I think like three of the issues have had to do with the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. So. Like, have Have you read any of those? Uh, no, I don't think I've gotten to read them. I think I have two of them. Because I keep almost pre-ordering them, and I always end up cutting them, but like. I'm, I, it's one of those where, like, I'm sure they're good. I just never get around to it. Yeah, well, I mean, likewise for me, like, I actually do buy them, and getting around to reading them is, you know, the biggest issue. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, unrelated to Chad completely. Okay. There, I have to bring this up. Wait, yeah. wait. Thank you, Chad, for the uh, support. Yeah, Chad, we love you. Good guy, good guy. Likes Likes Carnage a little too much, but, you know. That's all right. Um, tell me you saw the announcement today. Um, is today the third? Yes, it is. Tell me you saw the announcement today. Oh, as far as... Uh, oh, there were a couple of announcements. Yeah, there were. I'm going to get to them. <laughs> I'm talking about the the fourth ongoing series. Yes, okay. The It is... They don't give a specific month to start it. <clears throat> But it is a Peter Milligan written Red Lantern Corps ongoing series. And the crowd goes wild. Now, who is <laughs> Peter Milligan? I have not read anything he's written. <laughs> he's done. But it's like I feel like I've heard like I've definitely heard his name to- tossed around in relation to quality stuff. I actually Oh, I didn't keep it open i had like this whole list of his his body work up but like uh well, you look up what he did i'll read from the press release <laughs> okay um uh here's peter milligan this is peter milligan talking everybody who has read green lantern and it's associated books for any time probably knows why atrocitus is angry his entire race was almost wiped out by by marauding manhunters and he's talking about 
what he's going to be doing for the first story arc of the series. But after Jeff Johns asked if I was interested in writing the Red Lantern Corps, I started thinking about Atrocitus and his anger. Because it's not just anger, it's rage. A, a crimson red rage that still consumes him after all this time. And when you think about it, the Manhunter Massacre happened an awful long time ago, eons ago. Okay, you never get over something like that, but Atrocitus's rage hasn't weakened. It's just as immense and awesome as it was all those centuries ago. I wanted to know why. I wanted to know how. In the first storyline in the first storyline of the Red Lantern Corps, we look for an answer to those questions. And the answer lies, in part, on the far side of the prison planet Yasmalt. It is here where we will see how, why and how the rage of Atrocitus is just as all-consuming as it ever was. We'll also begin to learn what goes on... And this was interesting to me. <clears throat> we'll also begin to learn what goes on in the boiling brains of his napalm-blooded core. You know, can the, can the proud Bleeze remain a loyal servant? How does the angry cat Dexstar try to feed his beloved master? And what horrors... This is cool. What horrors lie at the bed of the ocean of blood? Yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah, it's like what could be down there? That's yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So like, he's written a, a lot of stuff. I guess the things of note he wrote um, about six issues of Animal Man. He's he wrote uh, the series from Vertigo, Greek Street. Oh. He he's the one that that wrote the Human Target, which was turned into a TV series. Hmm. He wrote, he did write Infinity Inc. the uh, the current, you know, the most recent one. Oh, the one that with the Luther's dudes from uh, Fifty Two. Right, but I mean, with everything else, I won't hold that against him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, no, like this, he's done a lot of other stuff, a bunch of Vertigo stuff. He's done stuff for Marvel. Oh, Ecstatics. Oh, that was that the um, um, what's his name? The guy that does Madman. All red, yeah, Michael. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. I feel I feel like I might have heard his name bandied about more for his Vertigo stuff, but like like Greek Street, I definitely know like that got a lot of love from people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is very, um, it's like heady stuff. Hmm. It's it's like almost intellectual. A lot of his stuff. That could be a good way to counterbalance an ongoing series about the Red Lanterns. Because you would almost expect, like, okay, what happens if you t when you take that group and give them their own folk book to focus on them exclu almost exclusively? That's going to be, like, a very almost action and gore-oriented series, unless you take, like, a, a more cerebral approach to it and, like, a more internal approach to it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the fact that it's the Red Lanterns? Because we've been trying to figure out for months which group or character it was go that was going to get the the fourth ongoing series. I mean, I think it's a good idea. Like, I think realistically, the only other one that you could really like do a like a good series on would be the Star Sapphires. Yeah, and like I feel like, I mean, it, until the issue we read today. I wouldn't have said I was interested in reading that. Like I would get it and I would read it just because of because of the show and because I'm curious to see another lantern book. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that would be like if it was them, it would be easier for other people to pass on it, you know? 
I mean, possibly. I like the only thing that I'm thinking of is when when Green Lantern Corps had you know had stories focusing on the Star Sapphires like like Miri mm. and the whole creation of you know like the whole that whole storyline with Mary back then and uh all that stuff like that was some of my my favorite stuff from Green Lantern 4. Mm-hmm. Like that that was fantastic. That was really really good. Yeah, I still wish we would see Mary. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean like, you know, if you have a Star Sapphire book, like you can do stories about Mary, you can do like stories about all the other star sapphires which we've like seen hints about but don't know anything about them you know you can see carol as she tries to you know be a queen of a planet hmm. I, I mean like i think i i definitely think that that would be like you know very ripe for a, a series or at least a mini series i'd love to get a mini series out of that oh i would too and it's funny because it, as i was reading through this story arc we're in right now we did today you look at where it leaves everybody, like where the st- like where the Star Sapphires are right now, could very easily be the springboard for their own series focused on them. Or if you want to do a Blue Lantern centric book, well, you just got your human point of view character, you know, and she just had her origin, so you could take her and her core off in their own direction now. Mm-hmm. Or, I. I mean, I mean, it it was never going to be the Indigo Tribe, you know. Like, they rely so much on like the ever evolving mystery. Like, you couldn't do them. And a lot of people say Sinestro Corps, but realistically, Sinestro is the one that's that's that popular, not his core. And they wouldn't take him out of this book, out of Green Lantern, right now. It's like in my mind, it was a question of like, okay, is it going to be the Red Lanterns or was it going to be Larfleys? Because like those are, those two are easily the most popular that aren't green, but Larflees doesn't like you. You can't easily give Larflees a supporting cast, you know. <laughs> I, I could see like Larflees working like, like a '70s sitcom. Yeah, I mean it was so fun. Like in the the in issue fifty seven, it's like Larflees is almost written like he's like the. The bratty little brother that that Hal and Carol just kind of have to tolerate and keep out of trouble. <laughs> it's like Larflees, wah, 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 wah. that wacky Larflees. God, <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Yes. Oh, what uh, the other point I want to bring up was like it makes total sense <laughs> to use the Red Lanterns. If, if even if only you think about the fact that you. Know, when the animated cartoon starts up, at least for the first season, the Red Lantern Corps is going to be the main villain. So they're going to have the other media spotlight on them. So it kind of kind of works with that, too. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about let's forget this crap and talk about Fracture. OK, the uh, the Kickstarter thing that uh, Sean Pryor and Jason were talking about when we had uh, our episode 75. Uh, Fracture is a comic book that they want to put out. And so they have this this Kickstarter thing where you can back them and uh, help make this comic book a reality. And um, their goal was $3,600. And they, well, as of this recording, they had uh, 10 days to go. So by the time uh, this episode comes out, they're still going to have like, you know, three or four days left. As of right now, they need $467 left. 
$467. It's not really a lot considering they they started out asking for 3,600, right? Yes, yes. And that's the thing. If they don't meet their goal, they don't get any of it. Yeah. So it's not even like, oh well, it doesn't matter if they fall a little short. You know, yeah, it does. If they fall a little short, they walk away from this with zero. Yes. Okay? They came a long way. They've pimped it out really hard and really well and like not for nothing like we both know sean Pryor and most of these guys personally and they're like really good guys with really good work work ethics that produce really good quality stuff like i wish we reviewed fracture number one in this episode instead of this pile of crap you know they're so close and it's not like you're giving away your money for free they offer all sorts of incentive stuff if you want i don't have up what it is but you know, it's it's definitely worth it you know if you want quality comics to succeed then the people who make them need to be able to finance putting it out there and that's what this is about this isn't this isn't strictly asking for charity this is this is them asking for the opportunity and the means by which to deliver quality comics to people who want to read them yes so as kind of a like a thanks because this is something that you know one thing we we support like you know wholeheartedly and additionally the only way Jason is going to be able to come back to the the forums and spend <laughs> more time on the forums is if this you know project meets its goal so so really like if you want Jason back on the forums then you know you you have to you have to try and kick in so uh, let's see. Now, what are they on? They're on 10 days left? Uh, about, well, four technically. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But uh, as of this recording, 10 days to go. When I put up the uh, the thread on the forums, there was 12 days, and they still needed $800. They can totally do this. I mean, like, they they, they covered, like, almost half that. And, like, you know, since we, we want to, we want to thank our listeners, um, you know, that have kicked in and uh, like as of right now we only know the people that have posted on the forums so if you're on our Facebook and you've you've kicked in also you know post on the Facebook so we can you know give a shout out to you also we got uh, Eric Flash GL 78 he kicked in um, me and Dan we kicked in yeah um, BS Sheer Sheer you want to correct me on that one so I have to go look at it. I'll, I'll go look at it. <laughs> BSC Hair. Wait, keep going. I'll find it. Yes. But he's he's a new member of the forum, so, you know, welcome also. The Electric Mayhem, which is the, the character formerly known as, uh, oh, so, formerly known as somebody else. <laughs> it like Menace something or, no. Um, I want to say this is like, I think we're supposed to say this like phonetically. It's supposed to be like like Besher or something. Okay. I don't know. C- write, leave us a voicemail and tell us how to say your forum name. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, yes, in the Electric Mayhem. Thank you. Uh, Corwin. Corwin kicked in. Uh, John Godwin. Uh, oh, oh, oh man, Jesus. Me, 666. Do you see this? I just saw it. This is new since I've... Like I left before you did this. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. So John- are we gonna are we gonna tell people how much he left? Well, they they can go to the thread if they want. Thecomicforums.com. Yeah. 
Thank you, John. That's awesome. Oh, the Electric Mayhem upped his uh, his contribution. <laughs> so did Flash GL. <laughs> so did Eric, yes. Yeah. So that's it for now. But uh, yeah, I, this is so close. Like with with all the promoting, like this this comic has to get made. I mean, like it's it's almost like I've accepted that it's going to exist. Yeah. It would be like them promoting Green Lantern number sixty two, and then being like, oh yeah, you know what? Turns out we didn't make enough money from Green Lantern sixty one, so we're not going to put out sixty two. I I would be heartbroken. Did you see I donated exactly $1 more than you just to be a dick? <laughs> I'm going to have to up my pledge $1.50. Oh, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> we'll start nickel and dime in this. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go up to $1.51. If you, if you pledge $25 or more, you get the Kickstarter exclusive copy of the comic, which that's that's pretty cool. Like, you know, this this comic... Is going to be, you know, well, uh, you know, assuming that they make the the goal, this comic is going to be in stores, you know, in comic book shops, with you know one particular cover, and if you kick in, you get the exclusive cover, of which there are like a hundred. I, I I would think uh, I think it's like a hundred, were available. Uh, maybe a few more because of the higher up pledges. There you go, collector's item. But uh, you get that. Uh, you get a uh, the Action Lab button. And your name will be printed in the acknowledgments section of Fracture Number One. That's pretty cool. They should do the thing where, like, if you donate like over a hundred dollars, you'll be killed in the issue or something. <laughs> <laughs> like super villain will just punch you in the face and your skull will explode. That would be amazing. <laughs> They're not doing that. Just it would be cool. <laughs> listen, listen. They need what is it? Four hundred and sixty-seven dollars. So I'm sure that if you pledged $467, you might be able to get them to work it in. Yeah, I, I think they would be open to discussion. <laughs> Not putting words in their mouths, but I think they'd be open to discussion. Oh my god. Uh, <clears throat> Okie doke. Have we talked about everything we need to talk about? Uh, yeah, I have some other stuff they can wait. Let me just think if there's anything else pressing that needs to be... Oh yeah, oh yeah, I almost forgot. Um... I challenge you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought you were going to say what the challenge was. I I was getting there. Next time we sit down to record, you and me. Yeah. Tr- trivia contest. Here's what's going to happen. We're each going to come to the table. Five questions. <laughs> These are going to be multiple choice, A, B, C, or D. No trick questions. And I had something else, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Because we're going to do this, it is going to be awesomely epic, <laughs> and probably have no consequences whatsoever. But it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I, want, I want to see what kind of undertaking this would be, just to see if it was viable. I, I, may, I have my questions. It took slightly over an hour, and that's just because I wanted to fact check some stuff. So I don't want any last minute bullshit from you. All right? Oh. We are going to, we're doing this. This is on. God. Okay. <laughs> Well, this is this is gonna be like what the the first time that I make the questions that I I go for really really hard. Yeah, and and you know let's let's just say right now, no bullshit like like what issue number did this this and this happen or anything like that. I purposely stayed away from those because I'm like, all right, that's not fair. Yeah, no, that isn't fair. Yeah. Okay. 
and they must be multiple choice. Remember that, because that's that I think, because we've done the trivia thing before. This adds like, it, it adds a new flavor to it. It makes it a little more fun because it's like, ooh, is he trying to trick me? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and people can play along at home too. It's like it's like all of the great stuff about I don't know TV game shows without the crap. <laughs> so just just five questions. Five questions. Bring some spares just in case, I guess. Okay. In case we're deadlocked. <laughs> God. So that's it. Next time we sit down and record, top of the episode. This is this is happening. Well, if you're going to be doing, if you're going to have to go get some extra questions yourself, I guess. Mm. Why don't you give me a practice qu- test, a question? As in, as in, you want me to do one right now? Yes. Oh, okay. Let me see. I'm not going to use any of the good ones. I definitely want to use. <laughs> All right, here's this was originally in my list, but I got by chucked it, so we'll just use this. <laughs> uh, in JLA Avengers, Kyle Rayner's ring runs out of power in the middle of a big fight between the two teams. What Marvel cosmic object does Kyle charge his ring off of? The cosmic it's, cube. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> my choices were A, the evil eye, B, a cosmic cube, C, an infinity gem, or D, the silver surfer's board. <laughs> that's the kind that's the kind of thing we'll be looking for only better questions than that <laughs> oh damn you gave me an easy one yes i did <laughs> yeah that was very easy yes that's why that's why i didn't make the cut in the end <laughs> oh i've never actually read the avengers uh green uh, J- justice league thing though really yeah no like i got i was able to get like a bunch of the issues but i never got the whole thing ah oh, it's so good are there questions from that what are there? Are there going to be other trivia questions? No, no, no. That was the only one from that. Thank God. <clears throat> I, I mean, I know a bunch of the Green Lantern stuff that was in that, but I don't know everything. So, yeah. Okay. You know, I tried to I tried to keep it kind of broad and and go with stuff that I thought was interesting. Okay. So you no, know, that's that. That's for that. Okay. You're gonna have to read everything. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back next episode and be like, well, I read 500 issues of Green Lantern. Be like, can we postpone this? I'm only halfway through the 60s series. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, and uh, you're doing those mosaic things. Yes. By the time this goes up, people have probably heard, what, two of them? Yep. Yeah. Every Every Friday or so. I, we are going to be releasing on this feed a a another one of our spinoffs a uh, a look at Green Lantern Mosaic issue by issue with just just kind of me going solo spending like fifteen minutes or so just well ideally fifteen minutes or so just di- <clears throat> just delving into the John Stewart solo series from the early nineties and it's one issue at a time for a very good reason <laughs> you're gonna have to to you, this this is you know, you, you, you say that um, Peter Milligan does heady stuff. This, my God. Have you ever read Mosaic? No, not yet. Oh, Jesus. You have to do this. You have That's... to find. I, I, you'll absolutely be able to find issue one. I, fin- I find issue one everywhere. Like, every wild pig sale, I find, like, two or three copies of it. <laughs> I have, I have like, every issue except for, like, one. The first one? No, or you... I, I forget what number it is. I don't know yeah. if I'm missing like the last issue or you know, one of the middle issues or something. 
uh, you gotta find that. Because this, like, honestly, I just, I read this just because, you know, oh, if you follow this show for long enough, you know that I want, I'm interested in seeing more of Jon Stewart. I want more focus on this character, and they, they haven't been giving it to me. So I'm like, you know what? I have this Jon Stewart solo series from a decade ago that I just never read. So I'll, I'll just read this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners have not read it either, so this could be kind of interesting. And this is a really good, interesting book, and it's good for completely different reasons than anything else we've ever covered on this show is good. So it's it's hard to describe. You just have to kind of dive in and experience it along with me. (laughs) (laughs) Right now I'm actually thinking about trying to postpone the contest so that I can make it through the 60s series. Oh God! <laughs> next time we next time we record, you and me, you know, it, I might not even be on next episode. Who knows how things how schedules work out? So you might have a reprieve. But <laughs> next time I'm on, and no pushing it, no pushing our schedule, our recording schedules back, or saying, oh yeah, by the way, I got chat instead. Bye. <laughs> you and me, we are doing this. We are doing this. <laughs> Top of the episode before we even cover anything else. Oh boy, this is gonna be awesome. Okay. Now that I've now that I've pumped like. I build this all up. All my questions are going to like go, oh, yeah, that's this. Oh, yeah, that's that. And I'm just going to lose completely across the board. <laughs> and I'll be like, what color was the cat that got scared when Green Arrow, you know, <laughs> tapped Green Lantern on the shoulder in issue 64? Ah, <laughs> uh, gray. Yeah, gray. <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think we're good for this episode. Yes, yes. Let's see. the uh, The information is uh, lanterncast at gmail dot com. If you want to send us an email, or we all have our own individual emails uh, at lanterncast dot com. That's Jim, Dan, Jason, James, Chad at lanterncast dot com. Yeah. What? What the hell? <laughs> I I had the lag. I was like, I was gone for like six months and. We have like a CGS sized crew now. What the <laughs> hell happened? That's that's a God. We have uh, we have a program director. We have um, we have John editing the episodes. Our our producer, uh, I'm James. Whoa, God. Okay, James, I need you to edit this. Oh. No, John. John was Larflees. That's how that works. <laughs> God. Oh. It's just so fun. And our timing with announcing stuff is so terrible. Like, like, did people even know I was officially gone for, like, six months or seven months or something? Well, I think during the summer, it wasn't official. All right. And then you came on, and then, you know, it was official. All right. And now you're officially back. Yay! Officially. <laughs> like, two weeks after we announced that I was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we have a webpage at lanterncast.com. Uh, we have a voicemail number if you want to leave us voicemails, which is 206-202-1159. And uh, if you go to the website, we've got links to our forum, links to our Facebook page. We've got all our episodes available. You can go on iTunes and do a search for Lanterncast. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Do we still We still have the same voicemail number? As last time, because, you know, it's it's been a whole week, so I figured we're due for a new one, right? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. It's like, you know, what will the Lantern cast number be this week? 
submit your entry for our new voicemail number. <laughs> oh, man. Like, let's see. At, at this point, all the contests should be pretty much closed. So uh, we'll have to we'll think about another contest in the future. Yeah, well, let's let's wrap up this one first. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a good idea. Probably. Probably. Okie doke. Okay. Good night, everybody. So long.